Hey, Hollow Colt. The weather's getting nice, and you know what that means. It's cryptid hunting season. And the first rule to cryptid hunting is good footwear. That's why we're excited to announce our partnership with Tecovis Boots. When you're out hunting the dogman or stalking Chupacabra, you don't have time to break in boots. That's why Tecovis is so nice. They have first wear comfort. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with their styles when you're out hunting cryptids. And let me tell you, their styles are on point. I've always considered getting me a pair of snakeskin boots, and their pair is mint. They also have crocodile boots, caiman boots, ostrich boots, regular leather boots. They they have it all, and it's it's ridiculously awesome. You can even stop by their the local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. So just imagine yourself getting a pair of legitimate snakeskin Hollow Sky branded boots. How awesome would that be? Nothing is going to intimidate a dog man like a nice pair of gator skin boots. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Sky Podcast. We are your hosts, Stephen and Kyle. And today we're going to do something a little different. Me and Kyle have been delving into some heavy, heavy conspiracy theories, trying to put a bunch of information together for episodes. So we did not have an episode ready for this uh, weekend when we're recording. So we're just going to do a little listener experience episode, kind of get through some of the uh, messages you guys have sent us and that have been kind of on the. Uh, in the back stock, so to speak. We run them as we kind of get them and try to, you know how it goes. But we've got some here we're going to share with you today. That way you have some content to fill your ear holes with. But before we do that, you have to listen to the business. So check us out at all our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, everywhere you can be social. Come over, hang out with us, share memes, any kind of weird uh, stories you can find weird articles, just pretty much anything. We also have a Discord. Check that out. I think I got a link on the Facebook fan page or just message us. We can get it to you one way or another. 
come over there and hang out. We got a lot of awesome discussion over there. A lot of very cool people. We always talk about weird shit. Come over there and hang out with us. If you have a paranormal experience you'd like to submit for future use on a future episode, Kyle's going to tell you how to do it. You can write your story out, shoot it through the email or the website. You can record yourself with your smart device, whether it's on your voice memo app or record yourself in a video, and you can shoot it over to the email, which is going to be holoskypodcast at gmail.com. Or you can text our Hollow Sky phone. You can call our Hollow Sky phone and leave a voicemail. And every other record weekend, we are going to be allowing candid interviews around 7 o'clock Central Standard Time. And that phone number is going to be 618-556-0837. So, and it's, and it's posted on our social medias too. If you need a refresher, you can get a hold of one of us and we'll shoot you the the number, but we want a ton of weird shit busting through that line. Hell yeah. Off the cuff calls with the yep. weird shit. We want the crazy shit. So hit us up, give us some stories, give us some shit to talk about. Cause the way it looks, looks like we have a very interesting submission about ready to be talked about. <laughs> I love it's, that there's, it's a, there's weird a picture. One. But um, if you'd like to support our podcast, if you're sitting there like, hey, how can I support these hollow boys? I'm going to tell you how to do it. First, you can share us on your social medias, anywhere you listen to your podcast. If you're in a car with your friend, be like, yo, listen to these two losers. And that helps us get our name out there. Agreed. It's freaking the best thing you can Agreed. do for us. Agreed. We have a Patreon set up. You can come over there and check out our tiers. We have... Stickers and buttons and magnets and a bunch of other shit. There's t-shirt tiers and you can find something that you like and subscribe to it. We release extra content every month and play this thing where Kyle rolls the dice and I talk about weird shit and we talk about it and it usually goes off track. Yeah. hundred different ways, but people enjoy it. So yep. there's that. We have a Patreon or yeah, we already did Patreon, but we also have a Venmo. Search Apollo Sky Podcast and if you'd like to leave us a little bit of change to buy a monster or we're trying to save up money to buy the Illuminati trading card game. Hell yes. And see what that's all about. See if I can read the future. You know how it is. We're also looking into getting some camera equipment so we can go to some spooky ass places and see if Kyle can get possessed by a demon. Yay. Surprise, Kyle. Yeah, that's that's why I wanted to do this podcast. <laughs> Like get possessed by demons. Sick. Awesome. You can go to wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a dope ass five star rating and review. If you do and we find it, I'll gladly shout you out. Today's five star rating and review, I usually get it from Apple and iTunes, but I know not everybody uses Apple products. I'm working on it. Today is brought to us. Today's five star review is brought to us by AMA413. It says, good stuff. This podcast has got me through several otherwise boring and mundane shifts as of late. If you're into the paranormal and all things high strangeness, give these guys a listen. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Good times. Well, Aime, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate not you. being disappointed in us. I appreciate you very Dude. much. We definitely. It's out of the norm. No, it's not. A lot of people seem to like us a lot, <laughs> except for except for where we live. So. That's true. It's whatever. Yeah, we're just was, like we're ghosts through our town, which is kind of nice, really. 
What? How do I make this font bigger, Kyle? Command plus. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't computer good. But yeah, we're gonna get into these listener experiences, put you together a little show of weird shit you guys have sent us. Hopefully, inspire you to send us some more shit. Yeah, we could use some more weird stories. So this is brought to us our first listener experience from our friend Elizabeth. Says sleep paralysis episode again. Hey guys, I thought I'd write in after listening to your latest episode with the sleep paralysis stories. I don't have much weird stuff happen to me apart from some sleep paralysis, seeing shadow figures out of the corner of my eye, and that the odd ghost cat. Well, first off, that kind of sounds like a pretty good combination of weird stuff. Yeah. But anyway, I really wish I had more stories to share, but on the other hand, I guess I should be careful what I wish for. I've had an occasional sleep paralysis since about 2013-2014 when I was mid-20s. Like the guy who called in with his experiences, I can kind of know when it starts happening by now and catch myself before I really enter the state. I'll just cover the two most vivid experiences I have because I both saw entities and heard sounds. I would love to know if anyone else hears the same thing because it's so distinctive. The first one was probably four to five years ago. I don't remember being awoken by anything in particular, no weird dreams or anything. I was, I was suddenly awake, terrified, heart pounding, and unable to move a muscle, although I felt like I was fighting with everything I had. In the corner of the room was a weird mechanical centaur rearing up like it was about ready to rush me. Whether it was supposed to be like robotic or maybe even even wearing armor, I don't know, but it seemed metallic, covered in gears and nuts and bolts. But yeah, definitely the shape of a horse melded with a human. The noise was the worst thing. As soon as I was awake, I was assaulted by this awful, cacophonous mess of noise. It really reminded me of an old dial-up internet sound, like anybody over the age of 25 knows it. Really screechy, lots of changing tones, but a thousand times louder. I was trying to scream and move and eventually managed to move my fingers and that seemed to loosen everything else up. I got my body back and the weird centaur and noise faded away. I don't think I slept very well for the rest of the night, but nothing else happened. The second one was the most frightening for me. It was, was a couple of years ago, 2019, I think. I remember I was dreaming, a perfectly pleasant dream of lying in bed, looking out the window at a sunrise over a meadow. But then I became aware I was dreaming, and in utter terror, bone-chilling fear crept over me, fear like I've never felt before. All simultaneously, I was awake and unable to move. The exact same sound as before started, the horrible screeching dial-up tone. My eyes flew open, and I saw the figure right at my bedside looming over me, a tall, shadowy silhouette with long, curling horns. I couldn't see the face, but it was had shaggy hair all over, and it was kind of like the Baphomet figure, part man, part goat. I've attached a picture which is somewhat similar, although what I saw was less distinct in features and a wider, hulkier body and the horns curled. Luckily, it didn't make a move, but the absolute fear of God was put in me seeing the figure and hearing that noise. And this was this time I was able to scream, no, 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 and I put everything I had into making my hand move. Once I had my hand moving, like the last time, the rest of my body unfroze and everything else faded away. Total, po- total props to my partner who did not at all try to wake me up despite later telling me he heard me screaming. Well. <laughs> Dang. I've only had one or two episodes of sleep paralysis since then, and if I'm lucky, I recognize the feeling now and pull myself out of it. It's always neat to hear what other people have experienced with these differences and similarities and what theories there are about it. Whether you ever want to use this for an episode or not, or 
episode or just keep it for some extra data on the phenomenon to compare the, of, uh, to compare with two others. It's all good. Thanks for all the hours of great listening and such a variety of weird subjects. I'm loving you way down here in New Zealand. Elizabeth. Well. Yeah, you don't you don't have that much weird stuff. That, yeah. Um, okay, let's unpack this here. First off, I completely relate to your second experience where you're just laying there and you you realize you're asleep you understand that you're asleep but you feel awake and then you have the fear creep over you that's my sleep paralysis 2 at i don't recall hearing anything and i don't see anything outside of just my bedroom but i am terrified of something i don't know what the fuck it is but i am horrified second thing i want to point out here the mechanical centaur i think is the first uh mechanical centaur sleep paralysis experience i've ever came across oh yeah without doubt it might I've, be the first mechanical centaur experience period yeah i've never heard of anything That's like money. it dude it's it is wild it needs to be a shirt i agree absolutely <laughs> like it that would that would be terrifying that this, is, and the fact that it looks like it's rare enough to charge you and you're uh, just like well this is great i can't move and it's either covered in armor or it's made of metal. Like, that is fucking wild. And then she could see the gears and stuff on it. Yes. Like, it, it is. It's it's some sci-fi I movie. Wouldn't even, yeah, I wouldn't even know what to do. Like, if I saw, like, a hat man or some shit, I'd be like, all right, that's part of the course. If I see a centaur robot, I'm like, what in the <laughs> fuck is happening in my brain right now? No, it is weird. That, like you said, that is the first one I've we've ever heard. It's also, I've never even heard of anything remotely close to it. It's also bizarre to me that the two entities you've seen are both like anamorphic, yeah, people slash animals, and they're yeah, that's weird. Yeah, because both of them would be equally terrifying. Yeah, I'm not. Trying to fuck with Baphomet either, but no, I think the Baphomet would probably scare me more, especially the fact that it it's was huge and jacked. Yeah, and like looming at the foot of your bed, that would be terrifying. The, and the overwhelming sound, I can't remember if many p- other people. I've never really called, heard that description, but it kind of makes me think of exploding head syndrome. A little bit, where they yeah, not, like almost like the auditory hallucinations along with. But when it, when it comes to my exploding head syndrome, they're usually quick, sharp. Like it's not, yeah. Like you'll yeah. hear like the best way I can describe it is for me. It literally sounds like somebody closes my car door outside, or I do have that very rare occasion where I hear a female's voice go, "Kyle," and that's, that's it. Like it's really fast, really crisp. I've never it, heard anything where it's prolonged are you, and like deafening. Are you awake when it happens? I'm in that in-between state. Like Does it snap I, you out of that state yes. when it happens? Oh, yeah, nice. every single time it draws me out of it. Like it, I'll hear Kyle, and then it, my eyes will shoot open. You know, because sometimes I think it's Shauna trying to get a hold of me or something. Yeah. Or I hear what I think is my car door shutting and going, oh, shit, I think somebody's in my car. Yeah. So it startles me out of whatever. And those are the only two that I ever have, you know, when it comes to that, the exploding head syndrome, I've never had anything else. 
It is bizarre. And yeah. I haven't, like I said, I haven't heard of anybody describe anything as loud, you know, a hundred times louder or uh, more prolonged. Like, cause when I think of the, you know, the dial up tone, it's, yeah. it's a long drawn out. And it is, it is weird that like, cause the dial up tone is kind of digitally. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it changes tones and stuff like that. I don't, I don't like know that. if I'm just associating that with, with computers and shit because it is the dial up tone or because it actually sounds like that. But it's, yeah, that is, that is, a, I don't think I've ever heard that before. No. Um, thanks, Elizabeth, for taking the time to type this out and send it to us. It was, yeah, I appreciate the, you. The added picture, perfect. Yeah, perfect. The picture is Anybody creepy. else send us emails in? If you want to put pictures in there, please do. Because as soon as I opened it, I'm like, this is going on. The show. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then you like you briefly skimmed over the mechanical centaur, and I'm like, it's happening. Yeah. It's happening. It's bizarre. It is so weird. Well, I'm glad you kind of got a grasp and you kind of feel them coming on and you can control it. And I yeah. hope you don't have to deal with it because it is a shitty feeling to be afraid of something that you don't know what you're afraid of. And it's probably even worse when you're afraid of a giant mechanical centaur <laughs> hanging out in your bedroom. Yeah. So we thank you all the way from New Zealand, Elizabeth, for taking the time to send this in. Definitely a dope story. It and if awesome. anybody else that deals with with sleep paralysis, I know we get a bunch of people sending us sleep paralysis stuff when we talk about it. If you have these auditory um, phenomenon going on at the same time, let us know because I'm I'm wondering if there's a correlation here that like we've missed up to this point. It's, it's possible you know for I mean? sure. Because a lot of people, when you talk about sleep paralysis, you always got the fear, and a lot of times you have the humanoid figures, yep. the the shadow people, the hat men, the old hag, shit like that, but. I'm curious if this is a commonality as well. Um, from there, what else we got on deck, Kyle? We, we got, got a I know couple, we got some recorded ones. Yeah, we got some recorded ones we can jump into. Uh, you want to do Jeff's? Sure. You got that pulled up? Yeah. So a lot of you guys will be familiar with our buddy Jeff. He has sent us in a uh, story a little bit ago we haven't got to, so we're going to talk with him. And he, too, is... Not New Zealand, but it's close. Yeah, g'day guys. Steve, Kyle, fellow Holoskites, um, how's it going? Jeff, the Aussie again, back with another personal experience. And in fact, as far as I know, this is my first ever personal experience. It's an absolute doozy and it does get really heavy around about the middle, but um, it is definitely worth sticking around for. But before that, my absolute heartfelt appreciation and thanks for how my first listener submission was received. I'm definitely uh, excited to have my name in the hypothetical co-host bucket. I squeed, I squeed twice, and then I squeed again when also the whole invitation to come on and do a uh, do an interview thing popped up. I'm, yeah, definitely keen as mustard to drop the uh, paranormal story of my childhood home which we're dubbing the Aussie Skinwalker Ranch, I guess. I think that's trademark, but we'll see what we can do. Anyway, look, hit me up, dogs. Hit me up. I've got a can of Monster in the fridge ready to go. All liquid death mountain water. I don't know where we're at right now, but whichever one, I can get it sent over and we're cool. Anyway, so this is a story that I've never told anyone before, um, even though Dad really wanted me to. I've told no one, no, 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 no friends, my parents, uh, not even a pet just to get it out. Nobody, ever. Although I expect once this is published, I'll be sending it to my parents because they have been wondering for like three decades. So, hi mom, hi dad. 
it, uh, yeah. So it was about 1992, 1993, I'm guessing. I'm very sure I was about six years old. For anyone who's taking notes, that also does mean, yes, I was living in the haunted house by this time. I've been moved in about two years previous, so perhaps one of the entities had popped out to explore the city with us for the day. Who knows? Anything's fucking possible. So, we, um... We went down to the Powerhouse Museum in Sydney, which it's still there today. It's like a te- technology museum. It's a short walk from Darling Harbour. And on this day, like every other, it was filled with screaming children and their long-suffering parents who were just running around in amongst all sorts of wonderful gadgets, trains, planes. Uh, there was like the front half of a space shuttle there, which was my favourite bit. Um, a whole bunch of prehistoric computers, the machine that goes ping. A lot of it was the bleeding edge at the time but these days it's crap you could buy on wish for a couple of dollars so yeah um on the first floor there was a large display of gadgets from the future uh you know the iron that cooked your breakfast that sort of thing slightly away from the rest of the displays almost in a walkway between exhibits was what looked like a photo booth which is important because that's where the story takes place So I stared at this thing as people bustled by in a blur, some of them taking a limited amount of interest, most of them dragging their squealing children, uh, giving it a cursory glance as they went by. The idea was that it was supposed to make you look old. There was a whole bunch of semi-creepy pictures uh, next to the machine, monotone portraits of people with the wrinkles slapped over their face. Think of it as like an archaic Instagram filter, but in a booth in 1993. Anyway, so you look at the screen, you get a quick scan of yourself, you'd be presented with an image of yourself with a few more lines, greyer hair, probably not the weight gain, but um, yeah, I never did get to see this photo of myself. Um, I mean, I can see it now, just look in a mirror, but you know, didn't see it at the time. So, back to the museum. my dad, and I don't know why my brain does this, but I feel like there was something like a second scanner behind it. Either way, there was something that got his attention. So he prompted me to go get my face aged and would see how much like him I looked. <laughs> Yay. So I settled into the box and dad disappeared from view. And I just looked forward into this black screen, which from memory had two white dots showing where to line your eyes up on this uh, otherwise featureless void. And I had to actually stand to see. So I'm in this box standing, staring into this mirror because the supplied chair was um, at the right height for adults. And I mean, I say mirror, it's a screen, it's black, but you can see your reflection. And in hindsight, this probably put my face a lot closer to the inky screen than I should have been, um, which could have been where the problem started. But before I go any further, it is very important to note that I was a very sheltered child. I was a loved, lucky, perhaps even spoilt child. That's not to say that I got everything that I wanted. You know, we were kind of you know, middle class sort of peeps, but everything my parents could do um, within their limited means, you know, they really loved me. And being so sheltered, I had no concept of death. It was, I maybe had a vague familiarity with the term itself, but, you know, during my short stint on the planet, my parents... Um, had you know they were fine the cat was fine my goldfish was still swimming uh no death i'd never seen a serious accident i'd never witnessed tragedy and i certainly hadn't the faintest idea about scrying or clairvoyance or near-death experiences or the paranormal ghosts were just a guy with a sheet over his head on scooby-doo you know of a saturday morning it's my life was 
largely just brightly coloured toys, snacks and playing in the sun with the cat, which makes what came next just that little bit worse. So there I was, standing way too close to this black screen, staring into the blackness intently, trying to make my eyes line up, when suddenly I wasn't. I wasn't even in the museum. The, the, the buzz of the bustling, whirring museum cut off as if it was muted. Uh, physically and mentally, I was somewhere else entirely. I was, I was floating. Perhaps five, six, uh, six metres, which, you know, I don't know, what's that, 16 feet for everybody. Above the ground, above this scene, there was a car parked askew uh, on the grassy verge of a residential street directly below me. And I could see a commotion towards the front. I was, you know, already starting to very slowly float higher. But um, I could make out that there was two people, one's kneeling and one standing over the shape of an older man on the grass just in front of the car. And um, the stranger on the ground I now know was doing CPR. I had no idea what that was at the time. But, you know, they're pumping up and down on this figure's chest and I guess the second stranger was fiddling furiously with something in their hands and they're talking to each other and the compressions are getting frantic and I can already feel the waves of panic hitting me. Something scary was happening and I'm way too young to comprehend this. I'm just way too young to understand but I start to float higher and like the panic I now also can feel that this this old man is dead or at the very least taking his last breath, and the finality of it hits me, you know, and I'm like six years old, man, and regardless of what beliefs you might have, most of us agree that there is a finality, at least on this mortal plane of existence, in death, and it was that finality that hit me as I floated a little bit higher. Um, the terror of the, of the situation, I think, came to a climax when I realised that that man was me, and I was sure of it. I just felt so sure of it. And again, I had no idea of death at this age. I barely even knew the word. And yet, in this moment, I understood on an unspoken, just strongly felt level, exactly how final it was. I, um, I, I floated higher again. And the scene, you know, it kept shrinking below me. And this frantic CPR, it stopped. The stranger just knelt back, clearly defeated, and the other stranger was now arms folded, hands towards their face, turning away but talking to somebody unseen, and then across the street, another car hastily parks, and a third stranger comes running across, leaving their door open, and I'm straining to see more, I'm just looking around, just trying to get any detail that I can in this fear to make sense of it all, um, as I now kind of float towards the same level as the top of the trees. And I can see uh, these leaves are lightly brushing past me and I can tell immediately it's autumn. There's this foliage, it's this beautiful red and orange. And there's an almost tranquil evening glow across the entire street as even more strangers look out from their houses at the commotion. Um, I think one other person from the left just starts running over from their door carrying something perhaps. I'm really not sure. And I screamed. <laughs> I just screamed, and and six-year-old me is just stumbled backwards out of the booth, fumbling over the chair, into the walkway, full of just startled families. Because I'm I'm howling at this point, and Dad, he just comes out from behind the thing and just launches towards me, um, trying to work out what's wrong. Because I'm you know s s screaming, 
And that overwhelming feeling of it all, the finality, the, the void, the loss, everything was still there and was still quite viscerally in my chest. I could feel it all. And um, it was blinding me. Yeah, you know, there's these family standing around just looking at this six-year-old boy shitting himself in the middle of a museum and no one can calm me down. No one knows what's wrong. Uh, I didn't know what was wrong. I've got no words. I've got nothing in my tiny vocabulary to describe any of this. And um, it was just the most confusing mess I think I've been in. in, in um, well, actually, I have a lot of confusing messes in my life. Anyway, uh, he didn't have to lead me away. I was just pushing away. I was stumbling backwards. I could not get away from that machine fast enough. And um, to this day, I've never told him. I've never told anyone. He wanted to know. He'd ask me from time to time. Um, sometimes he'd discuss it with mum. They'd look over me a little bit concerned because, you know, I was a very honest child. I was a child who would run into my parents' bedroom and just excitedly scream, Mummy, Daddy, I weed in my bed. But I couldn't tell them this. Uh, for years, I had no words. And once I did have the words... I had no explanation, and it's only now, almost 30 years later, that I can even begin to consider what happened. And as for what did happen, well, I can only assume it was a vision of things to come. That's how it comes across to me. I, I could almost entertain the idea of an accidental scrying. You know, as a child, I was there staring intently into this screen, hoping to see something, or perhaps far more accurately, hoping to see something from the future, my wrinkly face, me older, and that may have played a part, because I'm not really familiar enough, I guess, uh, with the divination processes to know, but someone listening right now certainly does, and might be able to tell me. But yeah, I was staring into this black, semi-reflective void, hoping to see the future, and I just saw a future that I really wasn't expecting. And um, there were two things that strike me. I think uh, one was a second stranger, because in hindsight, I've never known what was happening to them. But I would say they were fiddling with a phone during CPR and then were calling emergency services, which explains why their face was up to their, uh, their sorry, hands were up to their face and they've turned around and they're not, you know, um, they're probably trying to even block out some of the noise of the commotion. And mobile phones of this nature certainly didn't exist in the early 90s. Um, of course, they would one day, and now I can probably look back and go, oh, it was a phone. The other one, I guess, was the setting, strikes me. While, of course, everybody listening has a 25% chance, give or take, of dying in autumn, or fall, as I think you might say, um, there was perhaps another metaphor in there. You know, it was the hint of evening, the, the, the twilight years, if you will. Uh, I don't know if that was, you know, supposed to be a physical representation of the location or just trying to suggest something um but what is obvious is that i was having an experience of an experience you know so the the experience is my out-of-body experience and i was experiencing that as some kind of foretelling so mind blown on several levels i was foreseeing my own body as i floated away in the future so whoa um i really cannot tell what actually happened to me that um, in terms, I guess, of, you know, what had befallen me, I don't know if that car had hit me or if I had collapsed on the grass, you know, and um, that car was just a, a driver coming onto me that went, ooh, quickly, stop, badly park, 
uh, jump up, jump out, and try and help. Proper parking be damned, you know, giving assistance. Uh, I, I don't know what happened to me. I, I just obviously came in halfway through. And obviously I'm still just starting to consider what this all means. And if one day, very far, very, very far into the future, this scene does actually come to fruition, you will be the first podcast that has first-hand evidence of clairvoyance. So that's nice. Keep this one in the archives. Hopefully, though, um, you'll find out through some other contacts, because I suspect that I will not be around to post about it. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> anyway, look, it's an experience that did haunt me for years, decades even, probably even still now, uh, even though I spent those same decades in a house with far more going on. So, um, yeah, that's probably, I guess, where I'll leave it, um, but where I'll likely chat to you next time will be in that house as we finally tackle the multi-level high strangeness that was my childhood home. Um, I know it sounds like I'm trying to beat it up, but no, I've just got a lot of childhood stories. So um, have a good one. Stay weird. Thank you again for listening. Thank you again for all the uh, amazing accolades from, from the last one. That still blows my mind. You guys are the absolute best. Stay weird, and I'll see you soon. I'll chat to you soon. Something soon. I need a can of Monster. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. My guy. Dog. Love you, you man. You're... <laughs> yeah, that's that's all I got to say. Your stories are fucking... Fantastic. Wonderful. They are exceptionally well done. And <laughs> I love... The verbiage that you use is just... It's fantastic. Out of the park. I, I also love... Like, we have... I'm just going to go ahead and call you guys diehards. We've got a few diehards from that area... And what I love about the way you guys talk is you always sound so fucking happy. And I love that. It's probably, I, it's probably dope to live in Australia. And it probably is. Shit. And I don't know. It just sends out positive vibes. I love it. But, dude, this your story, story is fucking bizarre. Wild. Um, first off, if this does play out and it ends how your premonition ends... You still could try to get a hold of us, you know. Then not only would we be the first podcast to have proof of precognition and premonition, but we would also be the first podcast to have proof of communication with uh, the afterlife. Ooh, touche. Keep that, keep that thought in mind. Touche. Put that in the archive. And, all right, as I was listening... I just did that thing with my teeth that my sister hates when she listens. <laughs> Sorry, Molly. Anyway, as this played out, um, watching this whole scene in my head where you're floating up and all these, and you're seeing yourself, and all these connections are like connecting the dots in my brain. So what if in the future this does play out, right? And dying old man Jeff looks up in the sky and he sees floating six-year-old Jeff floating into the trees. And it's like this never-ending cycle of you having to live your life over and over again, Jeff. Well, that's a shitty way of putting it. It's almost like, would it be... Would it be? It would be an aspect of your life flashing before your eyes as you die because you're reliving Touché. that encounter that had such an effect on your psyche 
you're reliving it again, and you're also acknowledging the fact that what you saw did happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's weird. It is fucking weird. And like we were talking while we were listening here, and the fact that you went into a machine that's supposed to age you, i.e. future shit, which then makes you have clairvoyance, precog, whatever you want to call it, to where you literally see the future of you passing away. That's fucking bizarre. It's, like, it's exactly like, what you want so to see. So we're, we're two for two on shit that I've never heard before. Yeah. It almost reminds me, there's this book by uh, Jason Arnop or Anup Arnup something. It's called The Last Days of Jack Sparks. It's a fictional book. And he is a paranormal investigator, and he's out. He's kind of not a likable character. Jack Sparks is kind of a dick. But he's out to prove that the paranormal doesn't exist. Because he's had these encounters he can't quite explain. Anyway, he recalls when he was young getting stuck in this closet in his house. And he always knew this this closet was haunted because there was some he would get a glimpse of this entity in wherever this I don't even know if the closet was in his house. He said when he stepped through the door. It wasn't like his closet. It was like he was in a different room. Right. Almost into a parallel parallel dimension. But he would always see this entity moving in and out of his peripheral and shit. He knew something else was there. Well, as he got older, he's investigating like all this weird possession shit and stuff. And he finds himself in this house. And as he goes in to this closet, he's catching a glimpse of something out of the corner of his eye. And it's young him oh that's weird in the closet seeing old him and he just never made the connection until he was right there that's totally what it reminded me of like young jeff seeing old jeff dying i'm wondering if old jeff dying is going to see young jeff floating that is weird that is super weird um, I hope that day doesn't come anytime soon, Jeff, yeah, because yeah. we have a phone line now. It's good to hear that you... So we're getting close to listening to this Australian Skinwalker Ranch story. Yeah, I'm excited for it's that. It's going to be... Big time. I am big time excited. It's going to be a good time. Like, I love your stories, regardless. Thanks for being patient with us, too. I know we hyped it up, and yeah. we're trying to get our shit together. Yeah, it's a slow process. But we have not forgot about you. Not at all. Or the Aussie Skinwalker Ranch. Not at all. Like your stories are great, and then, and maybe, maybe when you were younger, you were a super sensitive person, because they say kids are extra sensitive to this shit, and it's possible that you had something going on where certain things can trigger. I mean, listen to your stories. You have had more than one truly unique experience in your life. Like not many people have these, this many ultra unique ones. Yeah, it is bizarre. So I don't know, something to think about. But, you know, like Steve said, we're excited to hear the rest of what you got. Hopefully we get to sit down and do an interview with it and shoot the shit because I, I bet different. it's going to be interesting. I wonder what time it is on Australia. Should be early let's as go to fuck. The, let's go to the Google machine. There's a big time difference. I know that much. Let's Google Australian time. I didn't even spell Australian anywhere close to being right. No, it's par for the course. 
People don't spell good anymore now that we have smartphones. Oh, no. This is going to work out perfect because here we are. It's late as fuck here, and it's in the afternoon there. Yeah, it might it might work out good for him. Unless he's at work or some shit. But know. you know, minus you're gonna have to quit your job, Jeff. And minus what? Two, because we usually start at seven. So what time is it now? Oh God, minus seven hours. Yeah, it'd be in the morning. Yeah, it'd be bright eyed. Yeah, crack a monster and get your story ready to go, Jeff. Hell yeah. All right. Yeah. Again, thanks so much for recording that and sending it in. It's when you said that you were looking at yourself, me and Kyle looked at each other and I'm like, that gave me goose. Yeah. Cause a lot of these, we don't, we don't read them. We don't listen to them until it's, until we put it on the recording that way or we can kind of soak it in and get the reaction as we're going. So absolutely. That was pretty fucking sick. It was awesome. Um, next we have an email submission from our friend Jake. He says, first off, I love the podcast. I've listened to Sasquatch Chronicles for years, as well as the confessionals and a few others. I started binging, binge listening to y'all after your Egos episode with Tony and hadn't looked back since. I am an EMT, so sometimes long periods of waiting in our unit, then driving on top of it, so I listen to a ton of content every day I'm working. So, of course, Monday morning, I get started listening to the episode with the dreams. While I don't remember the exact verbiage at this point, as I've been meaning to write this for several days now, it was something about realizing you're awake during sleep paralysis or dreaming. Growing up, I would sleepwalk at least once a week. I was an oddball, and I would sleepwalk with my eyes open, though. This one time I vividly remember, I woke up, I started booking it into our living room where our parents were, hysterically crying and just panicked. I really don't know why I was panicked, but I was still dead asleep. I knew that I was sleepwalking, but I had full vision and I could even think if I could only wake myself up, but I couldn't control my body. I couldn't move my arms and legs. I literally watched myself through my own eyes run and cry while I had no control over it. I even thought you look so stupid, just wake up, but I just couldn't. At this point I was in the living room and my parents woke me up quote and I was just like I'd regained the ability to move my body, though, as I was already awake. It was the absolute weirdest feeling in the world. I can't remember any specific experience with sleep paralysis in the traditional sense, but I was always super self-conscious about sleepwalking and could very well have repressed those memories. Stay weird, Jake. That's another first one. I haven't heard of people like sleep paralysis... Walking, walking, but sleepwalking almost is a type of sleep paralysis. If you think, if you, yeah. if you think about it. So I can't remember the show. I can't remember. I know that was a long fucking time ago, but I actually remember watching an episode on people who were sleepwalking, and I vividly remember. And it's because you know, here's a geek moment, nerd shit. Uh, I like video games a lot, so that's why I remember this story. Is because this person was sleepwalking. But in their brain, and I don't remember the game, but I'll just say it was Mario. They thought they were Mario. Like they were dreaming that they were Mario in the game. So they start running around their house. Chicken turtles and shit. No. Oh. They jumped through the fucking front window. Oh, well. I guess they had a big, it was probably like a patio door or something. <laughs> did, it make the, did it make the Mario noise where he goes down the tunnel? <laughs> probably. <laughs> boop, boop, boop. <laughs> But they smashed right through the front window, oh, and that's God, when they woke dude. up is when they were on the ground with glass sticking that's out of them and shit. terrible. Right. I so saw. not, you know, it's not exactly similar because in this account, 
which is more terrifying. It almost, it borderline sounds like the theory that, and I'm not saying this is related, but it like a, like a walk-in situation where something else is in control of your body, but you're still yeah. able to watch somebody else drive, you know, take the wheel and drive. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, this is not cool. Yeah. It is. It's. It's. It's kind of reminds me of my experience when I know I'm in the dream. It's like I can see myself there, and you're trying to wake yourself up. You're like, exactly what what he was saying. If you just wake up, you're cool. Right. Just wake the fuck up. You can't control it. Yeah, I love that description too. He's like, "Hey, idiot." Yeah. Just wake wake up, up. and yeah, it's all good. Because when it whenever it happens to me, I'll I'll be repeating that. Just wake yourself up. Wake yourself up. Like, come on, come on, come on, come on. See, because you feel like it's almost like a horror movie. Like. You feel like whatever is out there is trying to get you and trying to harm you, and it's getting closer. So you're being more and more fucking panicked. Right. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. And you know, as soon as you wake up, you're fine. Right. But you can't. And it's so weird. I've never had an instance where I knew that I was in a dream, ever. Oh. I, I've always I, been where you wake up. I Now, I have had it where I wake up and I'm convinced that dream was real for a little bit. Oh, yeah. I've had yeah. that, but I've never had it the other way around where I knew that I was in a dream and I could alter the dream or wake myself up from said dream. Yeah. That, our last sleep paralysis episode where we revisited it, we kind of just went on a tangent, brought a lot of emails in. Here's another short one that's from our friend Josh. He says, This is totally what happens right before astral travel. So you're going to another dimension. And its realm that is full of thought forms and whatever you think can manifest right away. If you can remove the fear after the vibration sensations, you can separate from your physical body and travel anywhere. Because people on that episode, people were talking about the vibrations, like yeah, 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 and the sounds and shit. And apparently, which is is the borderline what they used in Center Lane to put them in that altered state. Yep. So. If you can remove the fear. I don't know, dog. That's a lot of fear. Dude, that's what I'm saying. And because I've read other emails we got, I think, where people, or maybe it was messages on Instagram or whatever, but they they say that, like, listen, when you're in these other places, the other beings have the the opportunity to notice you as well. Oh, yeah. So there's that. And for me, I don't know that that's a good thing. I'm not saying that all we'll just we'll just say other dimensions slash astral plane beings are evil, but I'm willing to bet that some of them are. Yeah, I mean, and, look how shitty humans are. Right, and you at know, the very least, some of them are primal enough to where they'll just attack you, just eat you. Or there's that. But you know, if something if something stepped through a dimensional doorway into our dimension we'd probably shoot it we would probably fucking kill it (laughs) exactly so i don't know why i don't know why in the in the thoughts upon thoughts that we have that us stepping through a dimensional doorway that anything on that side wouldn't fucking kill us yeah or dude if if we if we wouldn't kill it we'd capture it and experiment on it hell yeah which you know we'd kill it just to have proof that it existed that, how, there is how that. fucking asinine is that? There is that. I mean that that goes without saying. That would definitely happen. We would a hundred percent. Yeah. Kill the shit out of it. Yeah. There. I mean, there's people out there that. If That's they, what they want to do with Bigfoot. We have to. Yeah. We have to take one to preserve the rest of the species. Literally. We have to take one. 
I was literally getting ready to say that. Like, because we've talked about it before. We've been asked that question. Like, what would you do if you saw a Bigfoot or an alien? Would you just kill it, capture it, or just let it go? And at first, the initial thought is kill it. But then we both agreed that, like, okay, well, what if, what if, what if Bigfoot's just hanging out over there, sitting on a rock, eating an apple, and he waves at me? A, that's fucking weird. But B, he's not doing anything to hurt me. So why should I shoot him in the face? Yeah, I'm saying just. Like, I want to know they exist. I would love to see one. I'd love to get one on film. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not going to like fuck with him. Like, no. you just. No. And now if he tries to attack me, I'll do what I got to do. But nevertheless, I'm like you where. Live your life, dog. Like, yeah. Like if you and me was out there and we, we 100% without question saw Bigfoot with our own two eyes, did not have the opportunity to film it or whatever. That's good enough for me. It's yeah. literally, literally. I know. Exactly. I don't need the rest of the world to believe that I saw something. All I need to know is know that I saw something. I know. Like, that's fucking it. I don't give a shit what you think. True that. Like, I, I will sit here and tell you my story, and if you want to believe me, awesome. If you want to discredit me, awesome. I don't give <laughs> a shit. Matter. I not Yeah, I don't fucking care. It doesn't fucking matter. And, that, you know, and that's just my attitude and outlook on it. Because, like I said, I've grown up with scrutiny with my own experiences, and... To this day, I don't give a shit. Like it is what it is. Here I am. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. That's just my thoughts on some shit. I guess a little tangent there. I agree. How much time we have left? Ten minutes. We can yeah, probably we can you do another. Get another one in? Yeah, sure. Oh. These are always fun. Yeah. I like it. I like digging into what everybody's. Oh, dude, same. And shit. we get to theorize and bounce shit out there and. Yeah. Um. We have that. We have those other th- couple pulled up. Maybe we can just pick one of those. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, I could read this. This was this one's fucking weird. All right, let's go. Okay, we were. This is one I was talking about earlier about the owl. It's short. Uh, this is from my friend Dave. He says, back around 2001, I was driving down an off-road trail in northern Minnesota. I seen some old kid clothes off this rock ledge about six feet down from the road. Which, A, first off, that's weird. Yeah, that's creepy. Discomforting as as hell. So, he says, I get out and look and I see kids' shoes with moss growing around them. I close my eyes for a few seconds and I see myself standing back by my truck in the same spot. I hurry up and look from the direction I'm seeing myself in, and there is this owl looking at me about 20 feet away. I don't even know where to go. I, owls are creepy, eh? Yes. First off. Because we ask, after there was that, we had that submission about the big owl creature, the tall owl creature. This one came in, it was probably two months ago. And so that's what he said, my owl experience. And... It is bizarre how many of these weird encounters do have owls in them. Oh, yeah. I, I, I agree with that 100%. I just don't know where to go with this because you... What is he driving? Is yeah, this, I was driving down an off-road trail. So so he maybe he was on a four-wheeler or okay, something. Okay, yeah, yeah, true. No, he said by my truck. So I found yeah, myself true. standing by my truck. Maybe he was going really slow. Or going so hunting he was on or something. Trail. Yeah, he may have been hunting, looking for. I was gonna say because it's weird trails that you're shit. driving and you're able to spot kids' clothes, which not would entice a, you to stop. Yeah, but not driving slow. Yeah. Like, so, 
I picture him being out in the woods. He's on like a four wheeler path. Yeah, or some yeah, shit. Maybe that totally going, makes sense. Going to a pond or some shit. Right, that know. makes sense. And it is like that. That's fucked. Real, because I don't know the context of why them clothes are there. Yeah, there's a there's a oh yeah whole bunch of weird shit. Yeah, and then the <laughs> fa- so then it then it evolves from that, and you. The kids' clothes make me think of missing four one one right off the rip. Yeah. And if then you have this whole like out of body scene, it's like stuff. a tra- like a like a teleportation kind of shit. Yeah, it's you know, fucking he finds weird. himself back at his truck, and then you tie in the the owl, like almost like maybe the owl was responsible. Yeah, because for, well, then you're you're looking, the, you, the so you are. So weird because you are back at your truck, looking at yourself from an out of body situation, or damn near through the owl eyes. Oh, I didn't think. And about then that. you open your your eyes to look in the direction that you're looking at yourself from, and you notice an owl standing there. I don't know. It's really confusing. It's hard to explain. Yeah, but to try to get. It's fucking weird, and this is like two sentences. Yeah, that's why I was like, yeah, we should probably do that. Uh, and I'm stumped. Weird. It, it, it's, I don't know. I don't know. Or I, I, it's just, I don't know. I don't I, know. Like, I am, I am. I don't either. Owls freak me the fuck out first. Owls are dope, but they're also creepy. Yeah, they and are. I don't like them that much because they're probably aliens. Yeah, because they're tied to a lot of creepy shit. And I don't fucking want to deal with aliens so there's that that's where i'm at yeah i don't even want to deal with an owl because they can be assholes yeah i read this i read this thing where they're like i'm like fucking mortal enemies with crows really because crows are hella smart first off yeah they remember shit they memorize shit and apparently owls like to fucking eat baby crows and Egg, crow eggs and well, shit. Well, that's shitty. And so the crows will form these big fucking crow gangs and harass the owls all the time. So Good there's like them. this huge fucking gang war. Good for between them. Between owls who are like solitary predators and these crows who have to keep all their groups together to protect themselves from the yeah, owls. Hashtag squad. Yeah. Gang, gang. <laughs> <laughs> but that's probably about it. Yeah. I'm probably going to wrap her up there. Um, oh, yeah. I forgot to mention in the beginning, we do... Are, we are getting close to having our sh- store shirts, cool shit, off the ground. It's being designed right now. We found a company to work with, all super cool guys. We got some good illustrators working, and we should have that up and running shortly. If not by the time this episode yeah. airs, it should be fucking close. Yep. So we'll be posting that all over the socials. You guys can go and get some merch and support some Hollow Sky, get the name out there and all that. Hell yeah. Get you some swag. That'll be dope. So I want to thank everybody for taking the time to put their stories out and send them to us and it's probably it's this and like getting your guys feedback on the show is my favorite part of the show yeah, like we awesome. delve into some weird shit and it's cool doing research and exploring creepy shit but just being able to interact with all of you guys and gals is the best part yeah I agree it's awesome we have the dopest listeners for show so, check us out at all our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. Come hang out with us. You know the deal. 
And until next time, stay safe, stay weird, and if you encounter a giant mechanical armor-wearing centaur in your bedroom, be sure to remember the encounter and send it to us. Thanks and bye.